0: You're listening to the Be So Good podcast with Colin Pearce. Colin says you are 10 times better than you think. So why not be so good that they simply can't ignore you? Here's your host, Colin Pearce. The feedback from the interview with Jerry Crockford on this podcast has been terrific. Jerry Crockford, the owner with his wife, Sandy, of Crockford Carlisle in Brisbane, who are business consultants. I'm getting to tell us what he is, marketing consultant, marketing advisor, I suppose. You can tell that from the last interview when he talked about all the phases and the funnels, and he talked about how we can do much better if we work out who our avatar is. Anyway, I've got him to talk today about good copy, whether you're sending a pamphlet or a brochure or writing an email, or Putting stuff on your website. It's all very important that you get it right and focus on you. He also referred to the rule of seven last time. So I'm going to get him to talk about the rule of seven in some detail. So why don't we start with that? The rule of seven. Here's
1: Jerry Crockford. <laughs> oh, I, uh, that's a heck of an introduction, but I will do my best to live up to the excitement uh, of the here's Jerry Crockford. Uh, yeah, rule of seven. It's an interesting thing this this is not rocket science and yet it's really 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 powerful. Um, we if if we lived in a world where people woke up in the morning thought about whatever it is you're selling your product or service or leapt out of bed and rushed over to buy one that would be great. But they don't do that. They take time to get to the point where they're ready to take action. And if you think about it there are any number of distractions between that initial to the point of actually spending the money so the rule of seven says if you have a target market that you want to do business with and you want to market to those people you should think long term and plan and I'm pulling these figures carefully researched out of the air to say rule of seven says connect with them seven times over an 18 month period and when I say carefully researched pulled out of the air that will vary depending on how quick the buying journey is for your product. So if you were selling emergency hot water system repairs, then it's no good marketing to someone seven times over an 18 months period because if their hot water system's gone belly up, they want it fixed as quick as they can, particularly if they live in a southern cold part of Australia. But, but if you were selling something like I don't know computer repairs or computer maintenance maybe or dental beauty smile fix up work as a dentist or something then having that longer term connection with people can be very very profitable so putting it into practical terms um, you wouldn't remember this column but years ago they used to have newspapers and People would sometimes come to me and they'd say, "I want to run a full page. I want to dominate the market. I want to run a full page in the in the next paper, All right?" And I go, "Yeah, what's that going to cost you?" "Ah, oh, twenty seven grand." "Okay, well, how much? What's your marketing, marketing budget?" Oh, "It's eight grand." "Wow. So, right, so you're going to sink your entire marketing budget?" "You've met one of my brothers-in-law. <laughs> you're going to." <laughs> Think your entire marketing budget into this one page. Here's what I would suggest you do: let's put a quarter page ad in, and let's run it seven weeks running. All right? So we're we're tapping the audience again and again and again and again. Now that would also apply with direct mail. If somebody was going to do letterbox flyers, if they're going to do you know seven thousand letterbox flyers, I'll be saying yeah. Why don't we do one thousand and then wait three or four weeks and go back to that thousand again? and do it again, the same people, and then do it again and do it again, because we all live and spend a great deal of time living on a place i call One Day Isle. One day I'll do this, one day I'll do that, one day I'll do the other. <laughs> so what happens is people get your exciting flyer out of the letterbox and they stick it on the fridge under the magnet and there it sits, and then it's all real well, because one day I'll do that, I'll go to that restaurant. But then the council rates notice arrives and goes on that magnet and a note from school about school concert arrives and goes under that magnet and right. something else goes in the magnet sagging. So you have the mag- magnet auditing session where you go and throw it all in the bin and you never did get to go to that restaurant. So the restaurant owner, if you was smart, would have been your letterbox again, and again, and again. It's so like I said.
0: Of something that I heard at a direct mail symposium run by a very clever American direct mail specialist, long before the internet, replaced direct mail. Remember the old uh, direct mail with the Reader's Digest and you had two one-cent coins and if you peeled one off and put it on the back page, all that sort of stuff. was quite a science to making direct mail happen. Uh, He talked about test mailing. And the idea of test mailing was to lose money in small amounts. And you you could find out if your mail was any good and if it wasn't, didn't get any response, it gave it up, and I think you're on the same sort of mindset that you send a a thousand rather than seven thousand is a bit on the same bit on the same side of the factory, really, isn't it? It's a smaller it test, but it's well, also no. the beginning of a repeat process.
1: Yeah, it's a repeat process. Does it does. It's whacking people on the back of the head several times over over time to to get them to do something. Now, within and that, you could test. It.
0: A lot of um, people will tell you, and they've told you thousands, of oh, back in the day, they'd say, yeah, I, I did direct mail, didn't work. De- mail doesn't work. Or I sent emails, doesn't work. Let's build on
1: that a bit. You just said, people said, well, this didn't work or that didn't work. Yeah. So that's a big elephant. It didn't work. Let's try and break the elephant down into bite-sized lumps to find out where the problem is. It's going to be one of three things. If you can imagine a camera tripod, Right? And if you took w- any one of those three legs away, it'll fall over. Yes. So with, with with the marketing message, there's three legs to the tripod. They are, have I got the right target audience? Is my creative right? The way it presents on the page or on the you know, on the internet, you know, on the website page or on the direct mail piece or on the ad or wherever.
0: Or the pickup brochure off the counter.
1: Wherever. And the last thing is, what is my offer? Is it right now? Why it's important to break in those three things because I've had endless people have also come to me and said, I've tried Google ads and it doesn't work. Right. Or I've tried a newspaper ad and it doesn't work. Well, let's have a look. Let's break down the elephant target market about, am I talking to the right people? Yep. Have I got the right creative is, is, is the copy and content, right? Yes. And is the offer right? Okay. So let's unpack each of those with some examples. Let's say you were selling car parts, hypothetically. You could have a really good message about car parts and a really good offer with free delivery. But if you advertise that in say, Woman's Weekly magazine, you're probably not going to sell that many car parts because that's not where your target market is.
0: Not to say that women are incapable of putting parts on cars, we hasten to add, but hasten generally add. speaking, that is not a target-rich environment for this particular product.
1: That's right. So whereas, so you could say advertising doesn't work. Well, no. Or you could say the Women's Weekly doesn't work. No, Women's Weekly could work just fine, provided you've got the right product that aligns with that. So let's go again. You could have that ad running in a magazine aimed at car enthusiasts and you could have it well written, but you could have a lousy offer. So it still won't work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you can have it in that motoring theories magazine with a really good offer, but badly presented and badly written and it still won't work. So you've got to have all three, the right target market, the right creative and the right offer. Now this applies online. So if we look at Google ads, the first thing is your target market is going to be selected by the keywords that you're using to pop your ad up. So I've just been talking to a, for example, a a home builder that's building uh, modular homes down in, in Sydney and he's wondering why he's not getting many good nipples on his Google ads is because he's got the wrong keywords. He's not coming up for the people who are searching for what he's looking for, what he's offering. Right. So he's marketing. You he can have the best website in the world. You can have the best offer in the world, but if he isn't going to get people to the website in the first place, then it's not going to work. He's, what is it that your target market are searching for? And just referring back to our previous podcast, We've got to think about what they're searching for at the awareness stage of the buyer's journey when they're just figuring out that they've got a problem that they need to solve at the, at the consideration stage when they're considering their options. Do I want one of these, one of these? Oh, one of those. Is that what I want? Uh, and then at the and at the final stage, so you've got to think about the keywords for all those to get your right target market. So yeah. that's one about that Pipe Bob. Then you've got to have the content right for that target market so that it aligns with their expectations. I'm learning about this. Oh, this is the article that I want. Yes. Right? And then it's got to be presented well. So if it's a web page, is it clean? Can people find things easily? Don't make me think that's the golden rule with web page design. Don't don't hide the phone number down the bottom left because people are used to seeing it up the top right corner. It's like if you stand on a street corner you expect there to be a letterbox over there, a bus stop over there. Where am I? Oh, the street sign will be just there. And, and you know where stuff is and there'll be a rubbish you know, over there. Web page design is the same. You've got to make it really clear and really simple. So people don't have to think about where to click.
0: Target, creative and offer. Can we yeah. do a little bit more about copy, about creative? Because pretty well everybody is sending emails. Hello, Bob. Uh, just wanted to tell you about our new model. It's really good. Uh, it's big, it's round, German designed,
1: uh, email. do you want to talk about email a bit? Yeah. Why are you interrupting? Me? That's the first thing you've got to think Why are you about. what? Sorry. Why are you interrupting? Me? And why should I read this email?
0: Well, I'm interrupting it because I want to sell you something.
1: Yeah, that's I'm right. desperate. I have a great need to sell this because
0: I've got quotas to meet. So <laughs> bad lucky about you getting interrupted.
1: That's right. Click, goodbye, delete, gone. So that's the first thing. It's not about you and you what you want to sell. It's got to be about me and my miserable life and how you can improve it. All right. So I'm interrupting you because I've got this that will help you do that. Oh, I will now read this to learn out how, how I can do that. So that's the first thing with email. Think about think about why you're interrupting this person and get the value proposition up early in the piece.
0: In the early days, we used to get a bit impudent, me more than you, I think, and we would tell the person what they were thinking, what they were feeling. And that's a bit outrageous. We've got to ask them if that's how they're feeling. We can hardly say, uh, do you feel stupid because you've got black glasses on a bald head? Uh, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I was a bit at the back. I can't, you can't start by kicking the beehive over, can you? Maybe. Oh, go on then.
1: I, I wouldn't be totally allergic to do it, to, to not kicking over the beehive. I mean, um, uh, do you know where Noah kept the bees on the ark? No. They are in the archives. Um, so, um, I saw a bald oh, guy you... the other day with a big comb in his pocket and I said, what are you doing with that? And he says, I just can't part with it. There you go. So there's something to be said sometimes of putting a stone in someone's shoe a bit.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And, and we were talking about, you know, value propositions and brand promises and stuff before and, and, and the stone, Like I do that on our website, when people come to to Crockford Carlisle's website, right there on the homepage, it says we help business owners and sales managers who are serious about growth, but are frustrated that they spent time, money and effort on their website, and yet it still doesn't produce the traffic and qualified leads that they're looking for. Well, that to me is putting a stone in a person's shoe because it's acknowledging that's talking right to my market. Because if somebody's got a website that's producing more leads than they can cope with, their sales people are up to the gills in, in 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 work, and they they're on a constant growth path. Then they probably don't need the likes of us to help them. So, if if on your email that you're sending out, if you've got a like, look at you. You help people to tell stories so they can communicate. You help people like. So one of your avatars, I imagine, is what a board chairman person or a manager who wants to communicate to their team. Is that one of your? Yeah,
0: a wants to communicate to his team, her team, uh, or the same person needs to get a message over to their board of directors. And there's always a bit of a standoff between executive and uh, oversight. So they need oh. to get that message clear.
1: So if you'd narrowed your list down to those guys and girls, then it wouldn't maybe hurt to gently kick the hive over at the beginning of your email. I'm writing to you because I'm going to help you I'll, I'll help you not to be standing in front of a boardroom and frustrated that you've got an important message that can make a significant difference for the direction of the company and they aren't understanding what you're saying. They don't get it. They won't act on it. And as a result, opportunity is lost. So, now, we
0: did, uh, following that advice, we did make a couple of short 10, 20 second grabs which say, G'day, look, if you're frightened that you're as boring as Batman you are when you stand up to talk, you're probably right. I've got a solution yeah. for that.
1: Give me a call. So I, that's yeah. a stone in the shoe deal, isn't it? It is. And it's over the hive or whatever, but it's it, it doesn't I don't think that's a bad thing to do necessarily. So don't shy away from that. So I don't know. So does that help with that with it with it? So with the other email was why you're interrupting me. Yes. What am I gonna get from it? why interact with me is what's the problem you're going to solve for me it's people only ever buy anything off anybody for one of two reasons they either perceive that you can solve a problem for them or you can fulfill a dream for them that's it right problem is i never get any holidays i don't know where to go for my holidays blah 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 well as a travel agent you can help with that dream is i really want to get to well i can't go overseas now but i want to go to Thargaminda then the travel agent can help me do that or Bogan Tungan or Yakandanda, or one of those places. Except you can't even go to Yakandanda; that's in Victoria, isn't it? I don't, I don't
0: know. I want to know, I've, as long as I've known you, I've wanted to know where Thargaminda is.
1: It's near Bogan Tungan and oh, I, I don't know. Between? I have no idea. Um, probably just offended everyone who lives in Yakandanda now because I don't know what state it's in. Um, anyway, to cut a long story short, with emails, get to the point Tell me why you're interacting me. Get to the key benefit. And at the end of it, make sure you offer people a call to action a next step.
0: What's wrong with Hi. this letter? Okay, call to action. Come back to that. What's wrong with this letter? Hello, so, dear householder. Allow me to introduce myself. I have just taken up the uh, dealership of the uh, Thargamenda Real Estate Company and we are interested in finding houses for sale, you've lost me in the first sentence. Yeah. I want you to, and everybody watching and listening knows that my favorite saying ad infinitum is talk about me, the nicest guy in the world, the center of the universe, the only person I think about from dawn till dusk. How about rewriting that letter for the Thagaminder Real Estate Company?
1: Yes, you have to introduce myself. Yeah. So who's your avatar? It's probably going to people who want to sell a house because I know real estate agents always have the problem of they've got, but I understand from working with real estate agents over the years, getting stock is the hard part. Selling it is not so hard, right? So let's assume if, if the Thargaminder, new real estate agent in Thargaminda, was going to send out that, that, that little email or that letter, he'd be going something like, and this is off the top of my head, and not prepared, so I might muck it up, but it's going to be something like hello i wanted to get in touch because i know in Thargomindah there are people who have beautiful homes that have a great deal of value but they're disappointed because they don't fetch the price that they should when it comes time to sell them hello i want to introduce myself my job is to get people to help people to get better price for their home to show them how to present it how to market it and how to find that one person that they need which is the buyer and so it goes see that's talking to me about my problem and not about him and who he or who he is.
0: Yes, and it's not so direct as to be insulting, but it is direct enough to be arresting, and yeah. to say, I think he's interested in, I think he's interested in me, darling. He's He understands
1: help my a problem. The house. Yeah. He understands my problem. I'll read what he's got to say.
0: Good on you. Hey, you've done beautifully today. Uh, is there such a thing as a differentiation between a warm market, a cool market, and a cold market? Would you write the same piece of copy or email or website guff to each group, warm market, cool market,
1: warm, cold market? I'm going to go warm, cold, cold to the buyer's journey of awareness, consideration, decision. All right. In, in, yeah,
0: awareness, consideration, decision. Go on.
1: Right. The cold market is where they're just aware of their problem. Right. A warm market is when they're, considering their options now, so they're open to learning more. And then what's the last one? Warm, cold, what did you say? Cold, warm, hot? Warm, cool, cold. Cold is at awareness stage, when they're just figuring out their problem. Cool is where they're figuring out, ah, I do have this problem. I want to do something about it. I'm going to consider this, 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 this. And then warm is when they're getting close now to being wanting to talk to a salesperson. And
0: I'm trying to see if I can answer that question myself. So approaching a cold market would be the web copy, the general web copy or a general piece of brochure copy and inviting what you said, a call to action. Call us, tear off this penny and put it in the back of the envelope, uh, drop into our office, call to action. Once they respond, then a piece of email, I dare say, or a quiz or something of that nature goes out to the respondent, and says, "Yeah, you've warmed up a little bit. Let's see if we can warm you up again. Ask for this. Are you with me?"
1: "Yep, getting there."
0: And "You did this all the time, so you take you take over now."
1: "Thanks." "So." so- now we get into the world of what we call progressive profiling and marketing automation. So progressive profiling is you don't know when someone comes to your website, whether they're cold, warm, hot, whether they're at the awareness stage, a consideration stage, whether they're close to deciding, you don't know giddly squat about them. And it's pretty hard to find that information out if you ask them it all in one go, right? Because that would mean a form, asking rage, name, serial number, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So you can use, we use technology to do what's called progressive profiling on a website. So it works like this. Somebody comes to a website. Uh, let's say that they're interested in, they're looking for a uh, retirement village somewhere to live, right? So we have some content on there about the retirement village and about the houses that are for sale and, all, and the you know the different um, activities in the place and the social interaction and health benefits of living with a bunch of folks who blah 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 blah,
0: and how to decide whether you're ready for retirement, uh, oh. whether to ask the family, what will happen to your investments, all stuff that will attract the interested party.
1: Okay. So then we will offer them on that website. They're not ready to talk to a salesperson yet, but let's offer them something. It might be a little ebook about um, 15 things to look for in a retirement village that. Traps and trips to watch out for when considering where to live.
0: Yeah, this is good. Yeah.
1: Now, when they go to download that, we'll have a little form there that asks them some basic information. It might be first name, last name, email. And by the way, are you interested looking for yourself or for a loved one? Okay. And um, are you interested in um, care? Now when they download, so now we know about that person, first name, last name, email, whether are looking for themselves or for a loved one and whether they're interested in care, right? So then we've now got the email address. So we're then, so using marketing automation, we would then send them a follow-up email. The next day it says, thank you for downloading our little guide about the traps to watch out for, blah, 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 blah. We know noticed- went from freezing to cool. Correct, correct. So we'd leave it go then maybe seven or 10 days. And then they get another email that says, "Hello, Mrs. Fudpucker. I want to thank you again for downloading our little ebook the other day. I hope you found it useful. I noticed when that you downloaded it, you indicated you were looking for a loved one. So it probably means that you're looking for mum and dad and trying to get some information for them." We've got a handy little document which is called how to have a conversation with mum and dad about Because No About when they should move. Because over and over again, we hear from our residents, they say, I should have done this years ago. I've been struggling with mowing the lawn, I've been struggling with changing a light bulb, and I've moved into this place, oh, I wish I'd done it earlier. So you might wanna download this little guide to get that information. Oh, blah, blah. And when they go to download that guide, with progressive, with the technology you can use today, with that progressive profiling, it won't ask them the same questions. It remembers that and now ask them another question to build the profile. This time we might say, here's your guide. And by the way, um, what hobbies are your, your mum, is, your, uh, is, is it for your mum or your dad and what hobbies are they interested in?
0: And this is about the third interaction. It sounds like a rule of seven could apply to all of
1: this. Absolutely. But, and the magic is, it's the rule of seven, it's that repeated contact, but each time you're coming back, you've acknowledged that you understand a little bit more about that person and let me give you something else that you need. Whereas if they told them it was for themselves, we won't be talking about their mum and dad. We'll be talking about themselves. Got it. If they're interested in care, then we'll say, would you like some information about the care arrangements that we have at our retirement village? If they've said, no, nah, I'm not interested in care because I'm 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 fit and lively and I don't want to, you know, I'm not don't want about that. Then great, we'll send them information about why jogging five kilometres a day when you're 60 is beneficial or 70 or whatever. All right. And so it goes. So that's getting real smart now. The rule of seven of the repeated contact, but talking to me about me and what my problems are and and my my goals.
0: Stunning. Hey, thanks for closing the loop on Rule of Seven and good copy and target, creative offer, all very powerful stuff. This is Jerry Crockford from Crockford Carlisle, right there in Brisbane. C C.com.au will get you in touch with the company, will get you in touch with Jerry and his designers, his creatives, his copywriters, and his French SEO word finder we'll get into gear for you and help you with the rule of seven, your target, your creative and your offer. Jerry, you're brilliant. Thank you so much for speaking with us.
1: Pleasure. Hope it was helpful. Thanks.
0: You've been listening to Be So Good with Colin Pearce. Please share the link with someone who needs to be reminded that they are 10 times better than they think. For more episodes, check out the playlist at colinpearce.com podcast. And don't forget to drop a review in iTunes. It really does make a difference.